Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This is Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast, where we're going to dive into all the juicy details revealed at DC Fandome about upcoming films from the DC Universe. Welcome to the Hall of Heroes. I'm so excited to get into this, Tim. Super excited. We had so many big reveals. So many. And it just like our notes, everything we've got prepared to talk about and dive into and discuss and debate is so long. It's just so fantastic. So we're really keen that we've separated an episode out to bring you as much detail and content as possible about this epic 24-hour event that happened on the weekend. Mm -hmm. We got a trailer for Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League, finally, which is going to premiere on HBO Max in 2021. So a bit of background about the whole drama surrounding Justice League and the Snyder Cut. So brace yourself. So back in 2017, during post-production of the Justice League film, director Zack Snyder had to step away from his duties due to the death of his daughter, which was such horrible, Mm. horrible, tragic news. And Joss Whedon of Avengers fame took over and the general consensus out there among the fandom is that Whedon's reshoots and the way the film was edited down made it significantly different to Snyder's, and I put in quotes, vision. The film essentially tanked and the blame for its bad reception and poor quality was 
pounded onto Whedon's shoulders. We'll delve into that. (laughs) Now, whether that is true or not remains to be seen, and we can't know this until we obviously see Snyder's original vision. So, but this trailer is the first look at what we might be in for. But was there anything different offered up, really? Or was it just a whole bunch of alternative cuts of scenes that we've already seen? It just looked like different angles, different shots that, yeah, it felt like just a compilation of deleted scenes, in my opinion. The most important thing that I want to know personally is, Mm -hmm. will they fix Henry Cavill's upper lip? (laughs) (laughs) Get back in there with the special effects and fix it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, my understanding through previous comms around this whole Snyder Cut is that any new footage that Whedon had filmed, which included all of Henry Cavill's moustache that had to get CGI'd off because he was filming the Mission Impossible Fallout at the time, and and that production wouldn't let him shave it off. So that's the context behind that. So what you got was this just absolutely disturbing upper lip CGI replacement. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you won't see any new stuff. It's all what Snyder had filmed himself. There's certainly a bigger focus in this one on The Flash and Cyborg, which Zack Snyder said was intentional. And The Flash is obviously played by Ezra Miller and Cyborg is played by Ray Fisher. So Zack Snyder actually said in this panel that Cyborg is the heart of the movie and he's excited for fans to finally see more of that. Yeah, one of the criticisms of the Justice League theatrical version we got a couple of years ago was that Cyborg was just such an undercooked character. He didn't really get much screen time in establishing his backstory or anything. So if anything, that's actually quite exciting and important that a character in the film, one of the Justice League, actually gets the the time of day that they deserve. And now that it's coming out that Ray Fisher and Joss Whedon butted heads during the production, that explains that really, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of subtext to all of this. All this stuff's coming out about Whedon's behaviour on set. So it just keeps compounding the the controversy and, and the mystery behind the Justice League production. Zack Snyder's cut looks like it's going to be a darker take in palette and tone, more in keeping with his Watchmen style. He did the Watchmen film yeah. years back. He's got definitely a much darker aesthetic, doesn't he? Quite very, very stylized. You need to arc back to his 300, obviously Watchmen, and even Batman vs Superman as well just had this really broody, dark, really gritty sort of aesthetic. Mm. And this one certainly looks to be leaning that way a little bit more than the more comedic, shiny, buddy sort of Justice League that Whedon ultimately cut together with Warner Brothers. Well, that's what DC aimed for, really. Straight out the bat, wasn't it a darker, more gritty take? And the DC comics and characters are a little bit grittier and darker than than Marvel. But it's finding that balance, isn't it? Because that was some of the criticism of Justice League even though those comedic elements were added, people were saying it was just too dark in palette and tone. Do you think that's going to change? In my opinion, how do you polish a turd? You've said that before. <laughs> <laughs> Batman vs Superman and Justice League were just awful movies. And, I mean, we got Snyder's version of Batman vs Superman, so we're just going to get a bigger p- pile of crap that is the Snyder cut of Justice League. I'm just not sure. Look... I will be watching it. I'll be leaning in. Apparently, it's four hours long that's going to be edited up into four one-hour miniseries versions, mm. but apparently then they're also going to stitch it together as one massive edit. So, I mean, only time will tell. I'm not getting a lot of confidence but- from you. 
Oh, look, I'm just a cynical bastard sometimes. <laughs> I will still, I'll still pop the popcorn in my microwave mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll sit down and, and buckle up. But I, I find that the use of Leonard Cohen's classic song, Hallelujah, mm. in the trailer was just, I think, an interesting, terrible move for a song that has just been so overused to just hear it again in something that is meant to make you feel like it's fresh and new and we're going to really change this movie. Mm. Just wait, you're going to get what we wanted to. Why did he pick Hallelujah as the song? Well, I mean, he's picked that song before in Watchmen. There's a pivotal scene in Watchmen where two characters are actually having sex. So I wonder why he's using it again. And I wonder if its use here is a subtle message to the fans, like Hallelujah, I'm finally getting my moment. Or Wonder Woman and Batman are going to bonk in the Snyder Cut. (laughs) Gosh, I hope not. (laughs) No, that wouldn't be good. (laughs) It feels a little bit lazy, to be honest, because he obviously loves that song, but he's used it before. Yeah. I mean, look, it does incite emotion and you do feel something from that song, no matter how overused it is in popular culture. But um, yeah, I just think it was an interesting, poor choice. So as we said, Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League will be coming to HBO Max in 2021. We can't wait to see what that's got in store. Now, over the weekend, we also got the second official trailer for Wonder Woman 1984. And oh my God, I am so excited, Tim. All right. This one is expected in cinemas on October 1st in Australia. Although director Patty Jenkins simply said soon in the panel that featured all the Mm. headline stars from the film, including Gal Gadot, Kristen Wiig, Chris Pine and Pedro Pascal. Yes, I think everyone's just dancing around committing to release dates, aren't they? And Mm. understandably, it's really unfortunate that they can't be really confident in saying it's going to come out here and there. We saw with Tenet that the release schedule for that just kept shifting and moving. Hopefully that doesn't continue to happen to Wonder Woman because as you are excited, so am I, Lee. I just wrote on my notebook here, love it. I loved the trailer. (laughs) Absolutely loved the trailer. Glam 80s outfits, fantastic music, exciting action sequences. It was a great second trailer. Yeah, love it. I mean, the the 80s is just iconic from its its soundscape and how that can be part of telling such a great story. The teaser trailer used great track as well. They followed up with another awesome one. It really gives you the sense of what they're out there to do, which is to jam-packed action, but also fun, entertaining superhero flick. And there's a lot of comedy elements as well at the forefront in this trailer. We have Steve, played by Chris Pine, learning about the world in the 80s. It's very similar to Captain America, but then again, Steve Trevor's is very similar to Steve Rogers. Yeah, definitely. You can't avoid but compare the two Mm -hmm. and their similar experiences, even that they share the same first name. And I did get vibes of Thor Ragnarok here, especially in their use of music as well to play a big character in upping the tempo and the tone of the overall film. Yeah, so they used the New Order song Blue Monday, which is just a really cool 80s track. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We also got a first proper look at Kristen Wiig as Cheetah in all the various evolutionary forms. What did you think about Cheetah? Look, I love Kristen Wiig. I think she's just a fantastic actress. And I was always so keen to see more of what she was going to bring to the table for this villain role. I feel like there's a but coming. No, well, I mean, there might be a bit of a but coming, but you can't always judge a film by its trailer because often the effects are still not locked in. They're still working mm. through the, the final touches on it. Her her cheetah looks awesome. You got a little glimpse of what she looked like in her full transformative villain sense. But yeah, I think it, we'll just have to wait. I don't know. Were you really impressed? 
I didn't mind it, but we didn't get a lot of it. That's the thing. It was all very mm. fast. I really loved her flying through the air and Wonder Woman smacking her down. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't really get a good look at Kristen Wiig's face on Cheetah. And obviously, it's going to be very CGI-led once she gets to her full Cheetah form. Definitely mm. very different to cats, much <laughs> better than cats. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, in the two or three frames we got, I think it's instantly better aesthetically than cats. Mm-hmm. So I think we're safe. We're safe. <laughs> but yeah, really, really keen for Wonder Woman to hopefully hit our shores on October 1st. Now we got some information about Shazam 2, specifically that they revealed the official title, which is going to be called Fury of the Gods. Now, who are these gods? What are they angry about? What's going on? Calm down, gods. What's going on? (laughs) I I love the title. I think it's really exciting. But there wasn't really much more that they could uh, reveal about this film. So kind of all we got was was the official title. But, Lee, you've got something else that you've kind of looked into here. Well, as you said, there wasn't anything of substance revealed about the story. But what's weird is that actor Sinbad popped into the panel as part of a meta in-joke to make people wonder if he will be in the movie. Now, this is interesting and funny because there is a fascinating phenomenon informally called the Mandela Effect, which I learned about earlier this year through Criminal Minds, of all places. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. <laughs> like, you could go down this rabbit hole that you will never, ever come out of. So just be warned. Yeah. And it's where a large number of people collectively misremember something and there's no explanation as to why they all remember this same thing. So for some reason, a huge amount of people remember Sinbad starring in a movie in the 90s called Shazam as a genie that grants wishes. And apparently this movie never existed. But I tell you, Tim, I will swear on everything I hold dear that I have seen this damn movie. Yeah, well, there's the Mandela effect in, dare I say, full effect. I am one of those people. I'm not even joking. I know, I can see your face. I remember the poster very clearly. (laughs) So anyway, so Sinbad stopped in as some kind of meta in-joke. It doesn't look like he's really going to be in the film. He was just having Mm. a bit of a funny because there's nothing else to reveal about this film at this stage. Yeah, I love when people do that sort of stuff. It's a bit of fun and creates a bit of chaos in the world. Now, this was another really exciting one. Dwayne Johnson is donning a superhero cape and jumping into the DC universe to play Black Adam. And he gave us a bit of a teaser. And in the introduction, he says, this is the one that's going to change everything. Big call. Now, Lee, how would you compare seeing Dwayne Johnson as a superhero to maybe Wonder Woman 84? I mean, that might be a bit of an unfair question, but you are a big fan of The Rock. I am, but even if I wasn't, I think he's going to do it justice. It's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And what we were given was a first look at this film through what was an animated concept art by the Australian digital artist known as Boss Logic, who does a lot of work for Marvel and DC these days. So we didn't get like an official trailer, but Mm. like at least some sort of insight to the aesthetic and the tone and also a premise on the story as a whole Mm. to kind of kick things off. And if you don't know who Black Adam is, he's essentially a supervillain. His powers are similar to Superman and he was a mighty hero of his people, but became corrupted by his ideals and desires. So he's become a bit of an anti-hero which makes him really popular definitely sounds like someone who would be interesting to invite over for dinner let's say <laughs> <laughs> so the rock revealed this is an origin story and said there are different incarnations of black adam everyone has a favorite but he intends to introduce us to the character and take us on a journey he says he's quoted to say this is a character who is a ruthless keeper of justice he believes in an eye for an eye yeah i mean that's Tells you everything you need to know about the character there, doesn't it? Yeah, watch your back. 
The Black Adam panel also revealed the Justice Society of America team who are going to be featured in the film and who may be giving him a grief in the movie. We mm. know Noah Centino has already been cast as Atom Smasher, but joining him now will be Hawkman, Dr. Fate and Cyclone, and none of these have been officially cast as yet. Yeah, it's exciting that they've gone out to say these are the other players in this movie. It kind of gives you more and more to look forward to if you weren't already enough. I just mm. love the idea of a superhero called Atom Smasher. Like, I think it's going to be quite interesting to see it come to life. I mean, a lot of movies that have come out up until now have kind of exhausted all the main players in the comics universe, haven't they? So we're going to start seeing more of these unknown or lesser known characters popping up and being fleshed out. Definitely, because you'll be surprised at how successful those more unknown characters are when they come to the forefront. Like, to date, Aquaman, it's not Batman or Superman, but it's the film in the DCEU that has made the most money from a gross worldwide box office hall point of view. So, you wouldn't think that Aquaman would be the king of the DCEU, would you? So, we might be in for a bit of a surprise. You'd probably think that Ant-Man would be a similar one for the MCU. It was just such a really successful and popular smaller character, dare I say, than, say, the Iron Mans and the (laughs) Thors. I think Black Adam is really going to give Aquaman's title of King of the DC Universe a run for its money. All right. Well, Lee's called it all these years in advance. We'll, We'll check back in 2022. Well, this movie is bound to be a real people pleaser because in the panel, The Rock said, we're going to go beyond your wildest expectations and dreams. And I only have one boss to please it's always audience first in my book and I think that's what makes The Rock's films so good even when they aren't that good because he does have that audience first thought process in mind. Yeah absolutely he makes films for the fans and this will be no exception. So Black Adam is scheduled for a December 2021 release at this stage. We were also served a first look roll call and some behind the scenes footage of James Gunn's ensemble superhero movie, The Suicide Squad. So this is almost like a take two or a sequel of sorts to Suicide Squad. It's kind of a do-over, really. It's kind of a do-over because 2016's Suicide Squad was a bit of a hot mess in every Mm. way, shape or form, which is a real shame because it first introduced Harley Quinn into a movie environment. And obviously Margot Robbie's gone off to do great things for the character, so it's great that she's back and a whole other list of superheroes and actors which we'll list out in a moment if we if we have enough time there's so many of them well there's another big call attached to this film james gunn says it's going to be unlike any other superhero movie we have ever seen before yeah so there's been absolutely no hyperbole that's come out of the dc fandom it's just (laughs) really really modest statements (laughs) exactly From my perspective, I don't know if you agree, Lee, this seems to be a little bit more colourful than the original Suicide Squad. It's not as dark and gritty and grimy. It's kind of, there's like primary colours in there. Well, James Gunn's definitely bringing his unique touch to this from, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's helmed those films and he'll be helming number three. Yes. So he's bringing a touch of that into the DC universe and also taking the best of Suicide Squad, like Margot Robbie, as you said, Mm. or Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang. So the, the things that worked, he's bringing that in. And I think that's a really smart move. I think that is really good. And I think we can definitely trust James Gunn to handle another ensemble superhero comedy and deliver the absolute goods. I think zany is the word I would use to describe this footage that we saw. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was actually a lot of fun to see behind the scenes. And it was more than I thought. Lots of explosions, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) So this one's got a similar storyline to the first one, where a bunch of criminals are forced by the government to work together on a covert mission in exchange for their sentences being reduced. 
Producer Peter Safran has described the film as a gritty 1970s war movie combined with the brilliance of James Gunn's characters and comedy. So gimme, gimme, gimme. Exactly. And we've got first proper glimpses and insights into the large character lineup. And this is bloody huge. Maybe too huge. I'm not not convinced. (laughs) We might have a toilet break now before we get into this. (laughs) (laughs) So we have Savant, who's played by Michael Rooker, who is in Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn. Awesome. Uh, Javelin, played by Flula Borg, who's from Pitch Perfect. Polka Dot Man, played by David Dustmulchin, who was in Ant-Man. Ratcatcher 2, played by Daniela Melchior. Bloodsport, played by Idris Elba. There was a lot of conjecture about who Idris Elba was going to be playing, and they Mm. thought he was going to be Deadshot, Will Smith's character. Yeah, but I think that they've unofficially, but not really commenting on the fact that it's still open for Will Smith to come back and reprise that role at later Mm. times. But um, yeah, you would think that it was just replacing him, but now we've got official word that he isn't. It's a whole new character. Do you want to continue the roll call from here? Yeah, sure. I can take the reins. So this one's really interesting. We only got a really, really quick glimpse of King Shark, rumoured but unconfirmed to be voiced by Taika Waititi. So that's bloody, bloody awesome. This is really the best casting ever. We've got Mongol, who is being played by Mei Ling Ng and another character called The Thinker who is played one of my favourite actors Peter Capaldi which is something to really look forward to yeah Doctor Who and a great series I think the movie's called In The Loop it's Mm. just this brilliant brilliant show anyway check that out Solsoria played by Alice Brager and Blackguard, played by Pete Davidson, which is an interesting piece of casting. But yeah. having seen him in The King of Staten Island, we know he's got the acting chops. And I think he's going to absolutely go to fucking town and have a bit of fun in a superhero, <laughs> nut, gritty 1970s war movie sort of vibe. Now, I want to talk about this one. TDK, who is played by Nathan Fillion. This character is a creation of guns for the movie. And if you look carefully at the roll call video, his character poster shows that his arms are not attached. And there is a precedent for this based on another comic book character who could remove his arms and beat people with them. (laughs) It's just just nuts. So TDK, this is unconfirmed, but TDK may stand for the detachable kid. What? (laughs) What? Did I just lie? Mind blown. Oh, my God. That is just absolutely crazy. But, hey, I think that's the sort of movie we're going to be getting here. (laughs) And then Sean Gunn is playing a character called Weasel. And then we've also got John Cena, who's playing the Peacemaker, who aesthetically probably looks the most absolutely knowingly, (laughs) unapologetically ridiculous. Speaking of aesthetics, what did you think of the costuming in this first look? It looked really undercooked. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I feel like it's definitely not going to look and feel low budget when we watch it. Mm. I think maybe it was just the grade and the sort of footage that we had access to. It didn't have the lighting and all the rest of it. So Mm. I think that rest assured their characters will certainly look great on screen. (laughs) It kind of arcs back to like the the 90s X-Men cartoon, you know, Mm. very big, bright colors and ridiculous elements to the costume that aren't necessarily particularly practical but i'm sure that they'll all play an important element in the film but we'll just have to wait and see but i mean you get someone like polka dot man who looks like he was just wearing a white unitard with colored felt dots stuck on (laughs) yeah i mean maybe that's his shtick and we just have to deal with it okay (laughs) we'll have to wait and find out 
The Suicide Squad is scheduled for August 2021 at this stage. Now, I think in my opinion, The Flash, which is what we're about to talk to now, Mm. has had just so many really exciting announcements over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, with the announcement that Michael Keaton will be reprising his role as Batman. Mm -hmm. And then recently, only a few days ago, we had Ben Affleck, who was confirmed as returning to Mm -hmm. reprise his role as Batman. But what we got that was new from the DC fandom was a first look at his new suit concept art, described as organic. It was announced that it would be made by Michael Keaton's Batman, who also features in the concept art, excitingly fighting alongside The Flash. Now, I'm concerned, is this movie going to be just one long parade of iterations of DC heroes for fan service? Is this where DC are hoping to relaunch their cinematic multiverse? Yeah, I think this is going to give them a platform to right the wrongs and go into new directions. And I think having the having a multiverse with time travel and all different alternate universes like they're alluding to, I think it offers up a lot. But you're concerned about it. I'm just worried, is this the right time to launch back into a multi-film approach? Because, I mean, after the Justice League mess, Warner Brothers and DC turned their focus back to individual standalone films. Yeah. And, I mean, have they really taken the time and done that? I think it gives them the the opportunity to start again. I, I think they're out of options. They've got to take risks. And I think that this is the film to be able to take risk. And if they don't nail it, then I'm not sure how many more hall passes that they can be given as mm. a as an extended universe because they have kind of stumbled quite a lot up to this point. But it still excites me nonetheless. In the panel, you mentioned that Ezra Miller wants Barry Allen to meet Nicolas Cage. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, it was a bit confusing. and I had to look into it a bit after, but from my opinion, I think it's more of a nod to Tim Burton's cancelled Superman Lives film that had Nick Cage starring in that Mm. movie. There's this great documentary that goes into that film that never was, and there's screen tests of him trying on this really epic Superman costume out. As I said, the film never eventuated, but he kind of was like, oh yeah, no, just meeting Nick Cage because it would be fun. But it's kind of, why would he bring up that? It seems like there's, you got to read between the lines there, but I'm not sure. See, look, I'm not convinced. Cameras haven't started rolling yet, and I'm not entirely convinced that there is enough interest for this film to end up going ahead. I mean, I think they're holding off to see what Snyder's Cut does Mm -hmm. and what Wonder Woman does in this current climate. And there's been a bit of controversy with Ezra Miller this year too. Mm. So, I mean, the fact that cameras haven't started rolling and they're not really revealing a lot. Yeah, it's been pushed back and back and back so many times. And I think it's currently slated for a 2022 release at some Mm -hmm. point. So, I mean, they've got time to iron out the kinks and uh, a lot of directors have come and gone. So it is the problem child of the DCEU for sure. But yeah, I think have faith, Lee. We'll see. Bigger movies have been cut further along in the process, so I'm not convinced. All right. Well, watch this space. We'll, mm-hmm. You'll hear it from us first. So, Lee, there wasn't much in the way of Aquaman 2, but give us a little uh, insight into what we do know about this uh, sequel. Well, director James Wan did a panel with Patrick Wilson, who plays King Orm in the first movie. But the director did confirm that Patrick will also be back as King Orm in the sequel. Now, we already have Amber Heard coming back as Mira. We've got Jason Momoa back as Aquaman, of course. Not a lot of other news surrounding this film yet. 
But I think it will, when the time is right, they'll share detail and and audiences will go nuts for it. As I said Mm. earlier, Aquaman was a massive box office hit. So no doubt this sequel, they'll put all their eggs into it and deliver something pretty exciting once again. Perhaps the most exciting drop from DC Fandom was the Batman. They've only filmed about a quarter of this movie, but Mm. we were treated with an incredibly broody first trailer that shows us a longer look at Robert Pattinson in the Batsuit as well as driving the Batmobile. Yeah, this was quite unexpected. Like, I knew that there was a panel for the Batman, but I thought we were going to see maybe some concept art or some stills from the set. But based on only filming a quarter of the movie, they pulled together a pretty fucking awesome trailer. It really showed you what they're trying to achieve here. Mm. And, you know, not much is known about the story yet, but Matt Reeves did mention that it's not an origin story exactly, but is set within the first couple of years of Batman and the Riddler and the Penguin emerges as well. Mm. So let's talk about the aesthetic of the trailer that we saw. Mm. It was very vicious and raw and violent, and I think it just really showed that dangerous, dark undercurrent that Batman is known for. I mean, there's this great scene, I say great, it was actually pretty vicious, where he's just beating the crap out of someone. He's just letting loose. And so it's obviously set at a time before Batman has that kind of restraint, that maturity. Yeah. And he kind of looks fucked up. Like some of the, (laughs) some of the shots of him, he looked like a broken human. Mm. And I think maybe is he taking the weight of Gotham's problems on his shoulders? Like Matt Reeves has said, it's he's first starting out as Batman. So he's still trying to find his feet. He's got all these awful people coming at right in the jugular Mm. and the Riddler and and the Penguin. So he looks unwell. (laughs) He kind of looks like he needed a hug. (laughs) I'm glad that you said that because, you know, as you know, I think Robert Pattinson can do no wrong at the Mm. moment. His performances have just been fantastic in the films we've seen him in recently. But yeah, in this trailer, he looked like a sickly emo orphan. Yeah, I was kind of waiting for Panic at the Disco to pop out and kind of like (laughs) jam together. (laughs) He did do like a bit of a punk rocker. And the use of the Nirvana music Mm. in the trailer just added to that 90s emo feel, that old school aesthetic. It was almost Tim Burton-esque. Yeah. Now, obviously a big fan of of Robert Pattinson, as am I, but let's Mm. talk about what the vibes we got around, what we were seeing, and him as Batman versus him as Bruce. Now, I think he's nailing the Batman physicality, Mm -hmm. and the suit really seems to work for him and how he moves, and he's quite menacing, and and obviously you alluded to that really brutal attack that he had on someone. But how convinced are you that he's going to play the charming Bruce Wayne, or... Is he meant to be playing a charming Bruce Wayne? What do you think? Yeah, no, I I agree with you that he completely embodied Batman and I'm really impressed with his take on Batman. But as soon as the mask came off, I just really didn't get millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. Mm. Um, And I mean, maybe that's that whole thing that Matt Reeves is going for where he's a bit younger and it's emergence as Batman and, and the emergence of him taking over the family fortune and all that. But no, I wasn't getting a lot of charisma and confidence. I guess what we don't know yet or understand yet is what his motivations as Bruce are to don the bat suit, all those things, you know, maybe there's a bit of a change to his origin story that will be alluded to or something that puts him in this more kind of broken man who's just trying to fix Gotham. But yeah, time will Mm. tell once we see more. We also saw glimpses of Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman, which I wasn't Mm. totally impressed with. It looked again, really low budget, like she had a stocking on her head or something. Yeah, it did a little Um, bit. (laughs) 
But I'm, I am really excited for her version of Catwoman. Yeah, definitely. And they seem to be keeping the villains close to their chest at this stage. So Colin Farrell is starring as the Penguin and Paul Dano is starring as the Riddler. So we heard the Riddler's voice, but we didn't really get to see him. No, and I think that's fine. I've got no issues with that. And we do have to remember that they've only filmed a quarter of it since COVID-19 kind of shut it down several months ago. And often with superhero movies is that there's different versions of the costumes that kind of get updated throughout the life of the film and the story. So we're hoping that the Catwoman that we've seen in this, the kind of stocking on a head, is an early iteration of her aesthetic mm. as Catwoman and, and there's something a little bit more exciting from a costume point of view that we can sink our teeth into. But playing devil's advocate here, I mean, I think that's such a big part of superhero films. You don't need to be gaudy and over the top with the George Clooney Batman nipples or anything like that. But <laughs> but you don't want to feel like somebody just cut some holes in a stocking and shoved it on their head and called themselves Batman or Catwoman or whatever, you know, you want to feel like there's a little bit of pizzazz put mm. into this because it is a fantasy film and you need those fantastical aspects and it's all well and good grounding it in reality and making mm. it really gritty, but you've still got to have those, you've still got to reach for those levels, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think a happy medium between maybe not as dark as Batman Returns, but then maybe not as campy as Batman and Robin. So you kind of like <laughs> got to find that little mm. sweet spot in between. I totally agree yeah. with you. Like our Pat's just threw on some Doc Martens and a <laughs> and a bike helmet with some bat ears on it <laughs> and said, I'm Batman. <laughs> as long as he's got a deep voice, it's utterly convincing. The, how, what did you think of the voice? Well, we only got a little flavour of it. I mean, not as, not as full on as Christian Bale's version of Batman, uh, which was quite I- intense. Yeah, I quite liked it. I've got no, no real qualms about it personally. I think he's going to nail it, yeah. to be honest. Oh, yes. Even the eyeliner <laughs> when he took the helmet Yeah, off. yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally 90s emo aesthetic. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the Batman is expected in cinemas in October 2021 at this stage. And I think we've covered off everything from the DC fandom reveals. There was a lot of stuff there. And if you want to see some of the footage, please go to our Facebook and Instagram pages because we'll have it up there for you. It was so fun to unpack this with you, Lee, and to, and to talk uh, you guys through all of this. So much to talk about and get excited. And But it's going to be a big couple of years for the DCEU. And I think the DC Fandom event was a great success. Very exciting. Well done, DC. And that's everything for this bonus episode. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time. If you enjoy our episodes head over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. While you're there, we would love you to rate us and leave a review. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.